And as we continue in this series called In the Wilderness, which we'll recap a little bit, um, this story is taken out of Exodus chapter 13, verses 17 through 22. And this is just a small snippet of a much larger narrative about the Israelite people. You heard a little bit about it in our children's moment. But as we listen to this word of God, I invite us all to open our ears and open our hearts so that we might receive a word of God this morning. When Pharaoh let the people go, God didn't lead them by the way of the Philistines, even though that was the shorter route. God thought, if the people have to fight and face war, they will run back to Egypt. So God led the people by the roundabout way of the Reed Sea Desert. The Israelites went up out of the land of Egypt ready for battle. Moses took with him Joseph's bones, just as Joseph had made Israel's sons promise when he said to them, When God takes care of you, you must carry my bones out of here with you. They set out from Succoth and camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. The Lord went out in front of them during the day in a column of cloud to guide them. And at night in a column of lightning to give them light. This way they could travel during the day and at night. The column of cloud during the day and the column of lightning at night never left its place in front of the people. This is a word of God for us, the people of God. Our thanks be to God in worship. So my mom's here this morning, so y'all can verify this story with her a little bit later. I think it's more of a family folklore than me actually remembering it, but this is the story that I'm told. When I was about three or four years old, I was getting ready for preschool, and with joy, my mom comes in with my two most favorite outfits that were both clean at the same time, and she told me that I could choose which one I wanted to wear. Well, apparently, I looked back and forth at these two most favorite outfits, And then I flung myself in agony on the floor because I did not know which one I should choose. And when my mom tried to reassure me that I couldn't make a bad decision, these were my two favorite outfits, and that either one of them would be fine, that seemed to only upset me even further. How was I supposed to choose? We're in a season in the life of our church and and calendar that we call Lent. It's a time for us to reflect. It's a time for us to look inward at our lives. This season invites us to choose to take time. Sometimes by giving something up to in order to create some space for something new. Allowing ourselves to sit with wonder and curiosity about the presence and the power and the mystery of God in our lives. It's a time of saying, I'm sorry. And it's a time for hearing, you're forgiven. It's a time for all of us to be aware of the movement of God in our lives. And to be willing to to listen, 
to the voice of God speaking to us. It asks us to look and to evaluate where we might need or want to recalibrate, to focus, to center, to make some maybe new or different choices in our lives. Not because we're doing anything wrong necessarily, and not because we have to. Lent is a gift that we are given in the life of our church and the way that we order ourselves, providing us a space to see if we're honoring ourselves and who God created us to be, and in turn honoring God by receiving the fullness of life that Christ came to offer for us. Eric and I chose, as we were thinking about this Lenten season, for this series to be in the wilderness. For something for us to journey together in, because we realize that often, if we do go boldly into a time of reflection, sometimes what we encounter can feel a little bit more like the wilderness than clarity, at least at first. You may find yourself asking, what am I supposed to do during Lent? Like, really, what, is there something I'm supposed to learn specifically? Is there something I'm supposed to respond to? It's one thing to look at your life and say, you know what? I want to make a change, or I want to try something new, or I'm going to work on that bad habit that I've picked up. But it's a whole other thing when we find ourselves all of a sudden in a place that we never thought that we would be. Because the reality of our lives is that most often it is not our two most favorite outfits that are being held up in front of us. Today in our scripture we read only this really small section of a story about the Israelite people in the wilderness. The Israelites are, are God's people and due to some actions and inactions they found their community driven out from a land that they had called home. It was 40 years of being displaced from their community. Several generations were born and and others died while they were in this foreign land. And for the Israelites, they had a desire to return home, but they didn't know when this was going to be. And in this particular moment that we read about is right at the point where they hear that they are going to be delivered back to their home. But instead of just going the short and and most direct route home, God led them on a much longer route. I have a good friend who uh, did an internship while she was attending seminary with the National Parks Service, serving as a chaplain at the Grand Canyon one summer. Now, let me be clear. If I knew that this was an option while I was in seminary, I absolutely would have taken advantage of an experience like that. But she has told a lot of interesting stories. And one of the things that she talks about is that beyond the tourism that is obviously there around the Grand Canyon, at least on the southern rim where she was stationed, 
It is pretty sparse when it comes to civilization. Really, to get to a significant city of any size, you had to drive a ways out. She said, no, really, it actually feels like you're in the desert. But she also talks about that how in order to get from rim to rim, from the north side to the south side, you can't just go down into the canyon and then back up on the other side. The most direct route, it would seem. Because the temperature difference and the altitude change is way too harsh for an average traveler. So what you have to do is wind a lot more slowly down into the canyon until you get down into a core part called Phantom Ranch, down at the core of the canyon, which is where you have to go through in order to get up to the north rim. The winding is for the traveler's safety, but it is definitely not the most direct route. Now, we tend to be people who want to get from point A to point B as quickly and as most directly as possible, and preferably without any inconveniences to us. We also struggle to be patient and to trust a process. We want immediate responses and answers. Just think about for a minute the advancements in technology. They're completely geared towards this. Instant answers. Constant breaking news and updates. Pretty much every advancement that we continue to see is just working to get results faster and these results that we're, we're seeing even become are becoming more and more personalized in tune with our individual desires and preferences. You can get groceries delivered to your doorstep within an hour now. And they're going to guarantee and promise that you're going to get the correct sharp cheddar cheese that you wanted to arrive at your house. You can... Program your, your lights and your, your doors and your security system to respond to your voice. How many of you have ever read a book on time management or how to get things done more efficiently? Yeah, a couple of us in here. We, we want to get to things fast. We want to maximize our time. Because we realize life is short. So in the spirit of getting things done as quickly and as efficiently as possible, we'd like to bypass all the inconveniences. So naturally, we expect or at least maybe we hope that God would work in the same way. But God in this story that we read about with the Israelites returned these people not by the most direct route because he knew that they would encounter difficulty and and the difficulty that they saw would would be a sign of the enemy for for them and so God took them home by another way God provided for them a different route that they weren't expecting again we only read 6 verses of this passage 
uh, that it's a part of this story of the Israelite people. It goes into, back into Genesis, and, and we read about it even in, through Deut- Deuteronomy. There's, there's a whole story about the, the, all the things that the, the Israelite people encountered. And one of the little snippets that we get just a taste of in these six verses is about a ritual and a practice around when someone dies. You heard the name Joseph in the verses that we read. The practice was that when someone died, they were to be buried with loved ones. We have a very similar concept that we we still practice and do today. Many of our cemeteries, they have big family plots in it, so you can be buried alongside people that you love. Well, the practice was the same as they talk about the ashes being uh, reunited with their, their ancestors. So Joseph, who is a part of this community, dies while they're out in the wilderness. But he impresses upon the people to take his bones with them when they are delivered from the wilderness to the promised land. Now, why is this significant? His death actually occurred back in Genesis, so why is this appearing in the 13th chapter of Exodus? Joseph, this leader within the community, knowing the struggle that the people are, are feeling and experiencing in this time of wilderness, knowing that they're worried about when this is going to pass and if there will ever be an end, a way that he even beyond his death impresses upon them a, a hope and an encouragement, a reminder to the people that this is not permanent. He's He asks them, he reminds them to take him with them when, when they are brought out of the wilderness. When we are in wilderness, we can find ourselves so desperate for any sign of relief. And another way that God provides for the the Israelite people along this journey as they are in the wilderness is through Joseph reminding them that they will go home. I was watching the thunderstorms at the end of this past week. Did any of you pay attention to the storms that came through. I was in the safety of my home, but as I looked out, it's always amazing to me to see real lightning light up the sky. You can see it. I remember counting with my dad when I was a kid to see how far away that storm was for me, mainly because I was probably a little scared in the moment. But watching the sky light up is an incredible thing to watch. And as I was watching it at the end of this week, I had this scripture in my head. As the people were taking this longer route back home, God reminded them of God's presence in the storm and in the clouds that went before them. That's ultimately what became their guide. Showing them the way towards safety, a way towards the new beginnings that they didn't even know what that meant and looked like at the moment. Even as the people began to travel towards home, 
A few, laters, a few chapters later in Exodus, we hear a story about God sending manna from heaven for the people to eat as they were journeying. Jessica even mentioned this in her children's moment, that there were all these signs as the people found themselves in this time of wilderness of God providing for them. Over and over again we see this with so many different signs that are around them. Lent is a season that comes around every year. There's a rhythm created in the life of our church calendar because life lived in the Spirit is not about a been there and done that or one and done. Our lives are knit together with God's. Our lives are going to have moments, seasons, times of a feeling like that we are in the wilderness. But I think we too are invited to carry the bones out of the wilderness. Those things that we experienced in the wilderness, they come with us. The people that we are with come with us. The situations that we encountered while we are in the wilderness, they come with us. Even in going the long way, God provided for them along the way. God guides us. I have to admit there's one sentence from this passage that has sat with me this week. It's the second part of verse 18, and it's after God has thought about it, which I love that thought, that God thought about it, and decides that it would be best for the people to go the longer route so they they did not have to encounter and face war and fight. But the line reads... The Israelites went up out of the land of Egypt ready for battle. You just were told that you weren't going to have to fight or, or face war. Why did you get ready for battle? Have you ever had that moment that you realize that your fists are clenched? Or just that you have a kind of a built up energy or or stress or that you haven't taken a deep breath in a while maybe you come become aware because you kind of get a little bit worked up we tend to arm ourselves for battle in our fast pace in our desire just for the short and most direct route, we can find ourselves getting worked up, feeling alone, not aware of who's around us and what we've experienced, even in the wilderness. 
We don't realize all the ways that we have been encouraged and nourished along the way. Often in times of wilderness, comfort for our souls comes in remembering all those who journey with us. You know, the good news and the beautiful thing is that we don't have to choose between love and guidance or encouragement and peace. We don't have to choose. God gives us all those things. Desiring to be with us and walk with us. To lead and to guide and provide for us. And yeah, it can be tough in moments when we don't feel like we can see the lightning in the sky or don't know exactly what we're supposed to look for. Asking that question of what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to learn? What am I supposed to see in this? God is leading us and and guiding us, making a way for us to receive the fullness of God's love and desire for us to live in the fullness of that love for ourselves, with one another, for the community and the world in need. It's a gift that we're given during this Lenten season. It's a gift. We just got to choose to live in it, trusting and giving God thanks all along the way. Thanks be to God. Amen. Our closing hymn is an opportunity for us to have